If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, friends. It's Podcast Unlocked, episode 495 for May 18th, 2021. Ryan McCaffrey here, as always, and I am joined by, of course, Miranda Sanchez. Hi, hello, welcome, everyone. Destin Legary. Bam, let's get the show started with a little hype. Absolutely, and uh, speaking of hype, making his long-awaited return to Unlocked, the most beloved member, <laughs> cast member in Unlocked history, a perfect user score for the great Mark Medina. Welcome back. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back. I, I just I haven't showed him on the podcast yet, but look, it's a bobblehead of me. <laughs> he goes that's he goes so with good. me everywhere now. Oh, that's look so at him. good. He's amazing. Yeah, that's wow. I like that. that uh, very happy to be back. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I knew when Mass Effect came out that uh, people would want me on. The biggest Mass Effect fan <laughs> at IGN. Sorry, Dustin. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, we're going to get to Mass Effect in a second. That is actually the big reason why you're here, because you're playing through the trilogy for the first time after having played. You did play Andromeda when that came out, but yep. we're going to talk. That's going to be most of the show. So just heads up. If you don't care about Mass Effect, you can probably skip this episode. I, I know I shouldn't say that, but I'm going to be honest with you. Your time. I value your time. And uh, it's, we're going to be celebrating and talking all about Mass Effect Legendary Edition today. It's out. My game's running behind me in photo mode. That's like if you can actually see the screen, I like the photo mode actually animates a little bit like that. That planet in the background, which I've just just saved, by the way, in the in the classic bring down the sky mission. But uh, we'll talk more Mass Effect in a second. Real quick. Just a couple of friendly housekeeping notes. One, subscribe to our new YouTube channel. If you wouldn't mind, we're at YouTube.com slash IGN games. That is where Unlocked lives on YouTube now, if you prefer to watch there. So please uh, get that subscription going. And then uh, finally, the, well, not finally, secondly, <laughs> the, uh, the loot box, which is your time to be on the show when you can record yourself on video and ask us a loot box question. We'll get to that later today. Reminder that I'm taking those questions via Twitter now. So uh, just record yourself, post it to your Twitter account and tag me. 
I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. Otherwise, I won't see it. So we'd love to have you on the show, uh, as you'll see with our guest this week, who has a loot box question for us. Now, real quick, I know I'll make this fast just because I know I'm the only one uh, that got to play this last week. But the Ascent, which is, uh, you know, that was announced. If you remember at the the May event, like, guys, the remember, I mean, that that was a year ago. The first uh, the first Series X event, the first official next gen event was a year ago already. And like, Miranda, like, what, what were the standout games for you from that? Can you, do you even remember back? It's been a long year. Don't ask me to remember something from a year ago. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Oh, I feel like. Oh, um, there were kind of, there was that, one really that stood out above all. Be curious. Really sleek shooter. I Bright memory name. infinite. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's the one that always, that's has stuck with me. Yeah. That one, In my bad memory. That one probably was the one that most people cited, but then a se- second extinction, which looked pretty cool. That's that dinosaur shooter. Mm-hmm. That's actually out now. Uh, but then I feel like the other game, at least for me, that stood out was the ascent it. And it's a, it's a top down isometric, isometric action RPG, but it's, it's super cyberpunky in, meaning the setting like it's it's straight like blade runner uh and it's a and it's a top down you know diablo style action rpg i got to play it last week there's a preview on ign or on youtube.com slash ign if you'd like to watch it there and long story short i just want to point out to everybody i want to do a little taste making here this game was really fun i liked it a lot i played two hours the first two hours and it is like it's got the cyberpunk aesthetic down pat, which really I think it adds a lot to the game. Like it, it's really got a cool look and dirty, gritty, neon vibe to it. Uh, and the but it's it's not really a a uh, an action RPG in the Diablo sense. It's more like a twin stick shooter. Like if you if you go back to the old uh, the original Xbox, very popular game Hunter the Reckoning, it reminded me of that because it's you are it's guns. It's not really melee stuff. So uh, just wanted to kind of mention that real quick. That game's coming out. They announced their release date, July 29th. So we're finally getting some next-gen release dates, and it's going straight into Game Pass. So some, we always complain about how there's never anything new to play in July. Here you go. Uh, I'm very impressed with what I've played so far. And so, uh, yeah, want to get that on everybody's radar who's hungry for new Xbox games. All right. Uh, now let's talk Mass Effect. That is the heart of the show this week. That's why Mark's here. Because Miranda, Destin, and myself, we've all played this trilogy before. But there's, you know, <laughs> yeah, Destin, how many times, seriously, how many times have you rolled the entire thing? Uh, I don't know, like 30. Like yeah. a lot. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so impressive. It's, it is commendable for sure. I used to um, do it like every year and I did it like, I don't know, I just love the series. So It's been out for 30 years? <laughs> well that's just my yearly playthrough but then like my original playthrough was getting uh, a thousand gamer score in it so i had to play through it a few times yeah with the original game so and then just for fun and then like getting ready for the sequel because we didn't know how the trilogy was going to play out so so like for mass effect 2 before it came out i did my my concrete playthrough of one going into two right i love yeah. this franchise yeah and and we all do, and it's uh, and that's what I want to talk about here with this legendary edition remaster. But then, Mark, you know, you played Andromeda at the time, but you missed, you didn't play the trilogy. So 
How many hours into Mass Effect 1 on Legendary Edition are you so far, Mark? Just to kind of give us a, some a barometer of where you're at. Yeah, so I am, I don't know, it's like five hours. Okay. I'm on the snow planet. It's very cold. Okay, so you've already right left the yet. Citadel. Yes. You didn't spend a ton of time. See, I, I spent, I probably spent six hours just on the Citadel because I wanted to do all the quests. I love the Citadel mm -hmm. so much. All right, so that's a good... Now we know where everybody stands. So um, let me go. Let me go Destin's way first here as the super fan. Destin, what do you think of this remaster of the Legendary Edition? Was it worth the wait? Where are you with it? Uh, I think it's great. I believe this is actually my gameplay from the, the first opening minutes. <laughs> and I'm playing through as the default Fem Shepherd for the first time, which is it's really, really neat. It's, it's cool to hear all the dialogue and moments. Uh, by Jennifer Hale. I, I actually think both voice actors do a fantastic job. Yes. It, it, it's really, really cool to just have this different perspective. And honestly, I think it was just that default character model. Like, I just think the character model for Male Shepherd was better in the original trilogy. The original, I, I yeah. really, really like that this, the like iconic Femshep now is used throughout from, the entire from trilogy. She, which was from three, right? Yeah. So this is the character model from three, and they, they updated. Uh, her character model, the suits like look absolutely excellent. Uh, it's really, really cool to just sort of have uh, different options and different perspectives as a, a female lead in the game. So it, I am experiencing some new things in that respect, which is really, really neat to see. Like the super awkward scene between Caden and Liara, which just makes me even more concrete about murdering Caden and sending him <laughs> to his death. Spoilers! You know, I never liked Caden. Yeah, I, I. Oh, Mark! Kaden. Wow, spoilers! Wow. Oh, no. Okay. Spoilers! You have to be careful. But also, Mark, you can murder a lot of people in this. Yes. Right. Yeah. Now I know that. You don't know the situation, at least, or whether. <laughs> sorry, or not. I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah. Caden's Caden's not in my group. So spoilers! I, you I'm can not kill worried everybody. about it. <laughs> I, for, I've, I forgot he exists. Well, uh, Miranda. Now, how about you? How what are you? How what are you thinking of of this legendary edition so far? From from just a you know gameplay perspective, quality of life, visual perspective. So I didn't get early access, so I'm still super early on. I think I just got through um, Eden Prime, yeah. And so I'm I'm barely digging back in. Um, but it, it definitely feels better to play generally for mass effect one i think that's the biggest one that did need those improvements and i think if you look at the lo like log of changes which you can check out on idn wikis um there's just so many specifically for mass effect one less so for mass effect two and even less for mass effect three which just makes sense because they're kind of like figuring out how to establish things and i think each game has such a good firm identity and although i do like how rpg-ish mass effect one is some of the problems for me is just like the flow of combat. So even just playing on Eden Prime, like I, I default to just wanting to use my guns because it's just easier than having like pull up the the wheel and assign everyone their abilities. It's like, all right, this one, no, not that guy, this guy who's the big, the bigger one, target the big one. And so, um, that can just feel a little cumbersome. I think because we're at least for me, I'm so used to having a lot of like any sort of abilities bound to things by default. Um, and so having to like pull up a radial menu to cast anything and just like, wait, what does this do again? Oh God. So, you know, I think there's just like that second of, okay, I don't remember how this plays with these sorts of shields or, or whatever it needs to be. I just know that it does damage. 
we're going to cast it kind of deal. And I think that was um, actually something that really stopped me from playing when I first picked up Mass Effect. So I picked it up in college with the attention of playing it because I, I really love sci-fi and I love um, good stories. I had heard so much about Mass Effect and I started it. I was like, wow, this game is clunky and just put it down immediately <laughs> um, and didn't go back to do it until I was actually working at IGN. And now I think the changes they've made with Legendary Edition make it so much more palatable um, based on, like, I think, current standards for gameplay and such. So uh, I was really impressed with how much better it felt. Uh, and then, of course, there's just, like, me also remembering all these things, um, having already completed the series once. This will be my second playthrough. I was just, like, noticing things like, oh, I completely forgot that that happened so early or that this thing is already, like, hinted at or whatever all those illusions may be that I'm just sort of digging up because I'm getting back into it. And I, I really love having that feeling when it, like, there's an intention, right? Like, they went in developing this game with a very clear intention, and you see that right from the get-go, and it's so cool. Yeah, I, I want to gush. I'm, like, very eager to gush about this video game, but before I do, I, I want to go to Mark here because Mark, I, th I think your perspective is, is A, and very valuable, Mark, but but B, uh, also one that a lot of our audience is going to share. You know, uh, there's a new generation of gamers that that may not have been around in the 360 days that did not play the, you know, the original or, or even maybe the entire original trilogy period. So as somebody who's coming to Mass Effect 1 and this this trilogy for the first time, you know, after a handful of hours, what do you think of it so far? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'll give a little bit of a, a brief history first. So, like. I was working at IGN when Andromeda came out and uh, I was obviously on the gameplay team. So it was one of those things where it's like, Hey, I know you don't know anything about Mass Effect, but you know, it, it is our job to play this game. And uh, I actually liked it a lot. <laughs> it was my first Bioware game I ever played. Uh, and yeah, I liked the game. Uh, I, it, then I played Anthem and I was like, this is Bioware. Come on guys. No, I actually <laughs> like Anthem. Uh, and then most recently I played, uh, I had a friend recommend over and over Dragon Age Inquisition. So I played through that and I was like, okay, you know what? This is, I'm, I'm starting to get the feel for Bioware games. So then when I went into Mass Effect, I, I kind of went in with this idea that I was like, I get what it's going to be. And I, I put out a tweet, I think the day before I started playing the game. And I said uh, that I'm excited to play Mass Effect, but I'm worried that it's not going to play as good as Mass Effect Andromeda. And a lot of people thought I was just like trolling and I wasn't. Oh yeah. Mass Effect Andromeda has a lot of gameplay improvements over Mass Effect 1. And so let's start with the good. Yeah. I think the story is very engrossing. I'm very excited to learn why the bad guy is the bad guy and if we're going to catch him and all that good stuff uh i like all the characters i think they're really cool apparently i'm supposed to hate ashley i don't yet um but that is what i'm told yeah she's awesome uh, <laughs> that's what i hear uh, i also just tweeted that i, I i'm very excited that a, a game that came out 14 years ago i actually don't know anything about it like i don't know where the story's going i don't know anything about the characters that's good I'm glad. uh i i had i hadn't been spoiled until now, when uh, Justin Legary <laughs> went ahead. <laughs> it's like the smallest uh, spoiler. I don't care. I don't care. Anyways, um, yeah, I have no idea where the game is, like, headed. So that's very exciting. Um, I'm not going to say the bad, but I'll, 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 I'll go into the next part. Boy, howdy, does it feel like a game from 2007. 
Um, it, all the things Miranda said, uh, the pulling up your radio wheel to like do moves and stuff. Yeah. It feels super clunky. Uh, the menus feel crazy. Original Xbox 360, like early Xbox 360. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, me and Destin had a one-on-one before this, and I would say over half of that one-on-one was me just being like, okay, what, what the hell is Omni-Gel? Because <laughs> the game does not tell you what that is. Um, there's other stuff, like the mini-map is basically useless. It doesn't tell you where you're supposed to go. Um, so the game, the game, I mean, it's not bad design choices. It's just old design yeah. choices. You, you, it's very hand-holdy nowadays, where a game tells you where to go, and, and it just tells you, this is where you go. Now the game tells you what to do, but it doesn't tell you how to do it. And so something I think that's what I got a kick out of was I got to a planet, and then it was like, it was like, you need to go to this planet. And I was like, okay, no problem. So I get to that planet and I'm like, okay, now how do I trigger like actually starting the mission? I'm talking to everybody. I'm running around this ship that isn't very big. I'm talking to literally everybody doing all these dialogue options. The game does not tell you that there's a little pocket in the Normandy and that's how you get on your, your thing. It just doesn't tell you that. And so I'm just running around, had to go on IGN's wiki to finally be like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And it's like, so then get on the uh, thing. And I'm like, what do you mean get on the thing? I'm talking to it. I'm, I'm just talking to Garrus over and over because Garrus is just like leaning on it. Like he's so cool. And I'm like, cool. Can I get in this uh, this Mako thing? Nope. There's like a door. It just doesn't tell you that. Um, and it's so funny because I've, I've talked about a few things and people are like, what? You had to look up a guide. And I'm like, I didn't play this game. You know what to do because you played this game back in the day. I am completely blind. Um, I'm very excited to get to Mass Effect 2. Everybody says the game gets much better uh, in in 2 and 3, as far as, like, modernizing. The gameplay, yes. yeah. Yeah, the gameplay, because I think yeah. Mass Effect 1's story is fantastic. Like, it's such a mm-hmm. great setup for this entire universe. Like, there's so much... I'm honestly just really impressed by the world building. Like, right when you get off, like, the, the whole Mass Effect, like, what is Mass Effect? Well, they tell mm-hmm. you at the very beginning in this awesome, like, Star Wars-esque reel. I know, like, a plenty of media do those little messages ahead of time, but it just gives me the Star Wars feels, even though it's not scrolling. Still, mm-hmm. space and a good story. That's mm-hmm. what I think of. And so, I think definitely try to enjoy that as much as you can. Um, and hopefully, gameplay stuff doesn't bother you too much. And also, I do want to say, if there is something that confuses you, never feel ashamed about going to a guide. I'm like in charge of our guides and I still use guides and I think that's good. It's like, oh, you're confused by something instead of just like sitting here frustrated for 20 minutes. You could just get the answer really quickly then be on your way. And it's there's no shame in that. That's totally fine. I I think mostly saying that not necessarily for you, Mark, but for like everyone else out there who are just like, well, I don't want to use guide because I want to I want to be good at this game. It's like that doesn't that doesn't change whether or not you're good at a game. It just means that you Mm -hmm. needed help for a second. There's that's totally fine. Yeah, like. A, cu- a couple of anecdotes is like, for one, I, I am enjoying the gameplay. I went ahead and just went soldier because I was like, yeah. I think this is probably just going to be the best bet. I don't want to try to use magic and all this weird stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually had to look up a, a class guide because I, I didn't understand what all the classes were going to play like. Uh, and I don't really remember that being a problem in Andromeda. I kind of had an idea of what it was. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to go soldier. I'm just going to shoot guns. Uh, I'm also loving how much uh, it really feels like 
I, I, I feel so many Halo inspirations in the game. Hmm. Like when your gun overheats, the the like dee, 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 like it sounds like <laughs> Halo stuff. Like when you lose your shields and um, you know the shields that the enemies put in front of you, they're like blue, and you shoot them and they turn red and go away. It's very like RPG Halo. Uh, but no, I'm liking the game a lot. I 100% am going to stick with it. And I, I hope I stick with it enough to to beat the whole thing. Also, the Mako doesn't control that bad. So they must have modernized they that. Hold on. Did you go to any of the planets yet? Because that experience is still pretty. I'm on the, I'm on the snow planet. Oh, that just drove. Yeah, that, that part's fine. But if you there's an open exploration portion where you can just like go drive over the terrain. And that's still... It's still Mako. It's still the Mako. Look, I, 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 I think yeah. I was on the volcano planet and I hit the smallest rock and it was like, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, gravity just works differently, you know? It's just, <laughs> so far, I, I didn't think it was too bad. Yeah, it's, um, I, before I, before I talk about why I'm really loving this so far, Mark, I, what, the one other question I want to ask you is, so one of my favorite things about Mass Effect of of what I remember and what I am still feeling as I'm now like nine or ten hours into Mass Effect one on the Legendary Edition, there is just for me, and I'm sure nostalgia is is factoring into this, so that's why I want to ask you. There is a vibe to this game that just doesn't feel like other games to me, where it's like a combination of the immediate world building and character work that they do combined with the the sort of film grain filter on the visuals combined with the sort of 70s uh like synth soundtrack like there is just a a really unique feel to this game a unique vibe to it that makes me really happy and i like i'm just curious to you did you pick up on that do you do you have any thoughts on sort of just kind of that that vibe of this game it, it's it's funny. I actually did want to talk about the music um, and the visuals. Actually, yeah, uh, it's so it's so groovy. The game is so, <laughs> like the music is so just like you're like all right, here we go. Um, it's so it's so um, of the time when it came to design. Like when I think of the music, games don't really do music how this game is doing music. Music is always playing in this game. Like it's just looping all the time. And and that that's kind of something that's kind of gone away. Like there isn't always music in your ear in games nowadays, where in this game you're just you're going around the Normandy and it's just music's playing. You go into a you go into this hotel and there's music playing. Um I I so far I haven't heard any of the music so far that I'm like, yes, this kicks ass. And I love Mass Effect Andromeda's music a lot. Um but I I totally understand what you're saying. As far as like visual stuff goes, uh, I think the game looks really really good. Um, obviously, it's from 2007. Yeah, but I'm playing on PS5. I'm playing in 4K 60, or I think it's 4K 60. Yeah, but I'm playing with the improved graphics, and it's one of those things where it's like it looks like a a, a super modded like PC game where mm -hmm. it's just like you could tell this is old but everything's super shiny and all the all the floors are super like mirrors and stuff like <laughs> that um visually i super like how the game looks yeah it's uh i i actually think they did a pretty good job on the the remaster mm -hmm. i mean would <clears throat> would a full-blown remake in unreal engine 4 have been <laughs> amazing yes that would have probably taken three times as long for them to do but yeah like 
you're right. All things considered, I do. I think it looks pretty good. And and Destin, uh, as somebody who's played it 30 times, yeah. uh, don't the, the quality of life improvements make a huge difference in this, right? I mean, you, this 60 frames all the time, unless you dial up to 120 on Series X and the loading times, like it, it really, because when we first played this on the 360 in 2007, it was in 720p and it, it hit, it only hit 30 frames on a good day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The fact that it, it basically runs solid 60 on, on my Series X is, is really impressive and great. And that's, you know, 4K resolution. They're using they used AI upscaling on a lot of the game to get all the textures looking really, really nice. I'll never play the original version again. Um, it's really, really interesting because I, I did a graphics comparison where I put them side by side, and there are some artistic benefits to having that lower resolution. Like when you go to the mass relay, I like the the fact that the blue aura is more uh fuzzy. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. I do I do like like this is with film grain on. I feel like the film grain is more subtle and better implemented in the newer version. I love the new textures. I do like the makeup changes, adding a boost and adding uh, just control changes to it because before it was pretty floaty. And uh, in, in that footage, we were looking at the shooting mechanics, for example, the fact that your reticle actually indicates when you're hitting in the head, hitting in the body, all of that does a lot to make it just a more smooth experience and the fact that you're not getting the constant texture pop in even on the xbox series x you're playing the original you're having constant texture pop in you're running at 30 i believe on those those base the base versions of the game and then the elevator like loading scenes loading times <laughs> being able to skip those is just amazing huge um I, i've really really had a good time i i'm like 30 hours in i i follow a completionist guide talking about guides so I plan on doing every single thing that the game has to offer. And I'm really, really excited to get to experience the the trilogy again as a whole. And it's really, really great to see just how much love went into the original, especially. Yeah, the reason I'm playing as Femshep is because she she was the most updated. The the male Shepherd character was largely, you know, um um upres basically using that 4K upscaling, but playing with the new character model. And a lot of the character models, it was pointed out when we did the Bioware interview, it has a subsurface scattering on the skin to kind of give it that red glowy look. Like if you look at somebody's ear, you would see like it would be brighter red for as an example, just went naturally when sunlight comes through it. And all of those little touches, like Mark, you might not notice it, but somebody like me, like going to the planets that I've explored that many times and then getting to look up at the planet and Ryan, you have it on your television. It's sort of moving and you get to see all that subtle nuance. It's just such a, it's just so cool. It's really, really cool to see the love that they put into modernizing the series. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by Nord VPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, 
malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the E. That's nordvpn.com slash U-N-L-O-C-K-D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I, I want to talk about this game because it's, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. Because unlike Destin, I, I love this trilogy and I've, I've always been a ride or die Mass Effect 1 guy. Uh, and and because the reason is because I value the 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 sort of RPG aspects that that uh, it kind of got away from in two and three. And I wasn't sure. It's like, am I still going to love this after, you know, for almost 14 years? And I do like I totally see, you know, there's all kinds of places, particularly like on the Citadel. There's a lot of like long corridors that you have to go down, down, like around downstairs and around corners, which in hindsight is clearly Bioware they were, you know, so that they could stream in and load in the next area while without tanking the frame rate. So there's a lot of that stuff that you can, you know, that you can see now that if they were to rebuild it now, it obviously architecturally the Citadel would be completely different, but I just love the number one, the sense of scale and like this right from the jump in mass effect one, which I think Mass Effect 2 got away from for all the things that Mass Effect 2 does well. Mass Effect 1 just feels like a massive space opera, which is exactly what BioWare set out to do where, you know, you when you get to the Citadel, it's it's they it's explained that oh, it's this this literal like galactic hub where all these different alien races come and live and work and there's like the Citadel Tower where there's sort of the, the council meets and the diplomacy happens. And it really like, especially for an Xbox 360 game, it feels like a huge place. Like you can see in the distance, like you can see the sort of arc of how far out the structure goes. So that I always loved uh, and still love. And also, uh, Miranda, the the vo I forgot how great the voice cast is like all around in this game. Like it's chock full of wonderful performances. 
they've really nailed the casting for a lot of these different um, aliens as well. Like the Turians, all just sounds so spot on. And I think, uh, Mark, as you get to meet more people, if you explore the Citadel more, there's just so many good Easter eggs and the voice acting in those are all just fantastic as well. Um, I say Easter eggs, they're kind of not, but um, as you go through, like there are just like in-universe things that are happening. Like there is like the, the Hanar, Hanar Spectre and yes. right yeah and um there's just there's so much and it is so worth diving into those side things even though um i i think sometimes when i play a game for the first time i don't necessarily try it 100 percent. oh i think i might be losing internet maybe not yeah mine's okay. kind of jittering as well okay yeah also i apologize if anyone can hear that shaking noise construction stuff um as far as uh just the game goes like i think there's such rich detail in mass effect and i think old bioware and i think new bioware 2 still has excellent writers but old bioware oh my god guys their writing is just another level for game writing um and it's absolutely worth exploring those uh, notes that they leave behind in your emails and just all the side missions that you can find as well so please i, I would part. say the the character i've oh yeah i'm like reading everything i'm talking to a ton of people i, I would say the character that i've like you know, I enjoyed his voice acting the most was the uh, I don't know his name, but it was it was when you get to the snow planet the first time and it's like the boss guy who I assume is Slarian. Yeah. What's his name? Well, he's a Slarian and his name is it's like, oh, man, Analyst. Analyst. I thought he was like super good, like he says something and then you you basically ask him a question you you kind of almost repeat the thing he just said and he's like yeah like i said blah 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 blah, blah. and i was like okay this guy's pretty he's pretty funny like obviously he's probably not a good guy but like i thought his voice acting i thought his like whole character was like super well done mark have you uh have you spent any time i guess it would only be on the citadel at this point did you talk to the elcor at all I don't think so. Oh, see, that's that's the kind of stuff that Miranda's talking about. You that rich talk, universe stuff. You have to talk to the Elcor. They I don't know so where they are. I don't know who good. that is. They're on the Citadel. Go explore the Citadel. You owe In the it embassy. to yourself. Yes, they are absolutely worth talking to. The way they speak. Oh man, I really wish I had brought my little Elcor plush over because <laughs> I have one, and it just it Mild speaks. Disappointment. Mark hasn't experienced the Elcor yet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> This is why I come on podcasts to be told to go do things. Um, (laughs) Right. And I I think uh, for most games, I wouldn't necessarily say go out of your way to experience a lot of the side stuff because I I often encourage it just because it's like, oh, why wouldn't you want to explore this game that you purchased and are hopefully investing time in because you enjoy it. Um, But I think especially for Mass Effect, like I just want to reiterate, it's it's all so, so good. It's just good. Good is actually not a very good descriptor. It's fantastic. (laughs) So please. So, you Mark, uh, the Mass Effect Andromeda, which you have played, yep. kind of pretty well got away from the Paragon and Renegade system as sort mm-hmm. of a black and white thing. As you are playing Mass Effect 1 now, are you are you sort of consciously trying to be good or evil? Yeah, so um, I did play Dragon Age Inquisition, which has a lot of that, too. Um, I, for, uh, for one, there hasn't been very many choices like I at the part I'm at yet. I it's like I'm on the snow planet and I think I've only seen the red text or the blue text like maybe once or twice. 
Uh, I'm trying to like talk myself out of fights, but most of the time they just they want to fight me anyways. Uh, but anyways, uh, no, my goal is to be good because okay. you're uh, a good guy. That's the thing. See, I'm you not. Know, I I can't. <laughs> yeah, somebody else on staff. I think his name is Colin. He is. He's like, oh, I've played the game so many times that I'm going through Renegade. And he's like, and this is awful. And I was like, yeah, see, I I can't, I can't, uh, I can't do that. I played one of the, I, I played the new, um, uh, not new anymore, but a launch PS4 game, Infamous. And I was like, I want to go back and get the platinum. And one of the trophies is beat it on, you know, the Infamous. And I was like, I hate this. I hate like being an asshole to everyone, doing evil things. So I, I try to be good. Uh, so, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't help myself. I, I rolled the trilogy at full Renegade all three games the first time <laughs> because it because games hadn't really supported that. So I want to see, like, well, how far can you take this? Mm. And like in Mass Effect 2, spoiler, since you're not I mean, you're not going to play Renegade. You can like there's one point where you just shove someone off of a building. <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff that the game like has built into it like it is baked in if you want to play that way and uh so yeah i've been i've been actually trying to go full renegade again just to sort of re-experience all that stuff and it's i i hope that mass effect 4 or if they don't call Mm -hmm. it that i hope they go back to it uh to that more pure system of of like just making it clear that you're doing good or bad things Mm. because it worked i mean it was it was brilliant in kotor which was developed by the exact same team and then they you know they, they kept it through two and three before you know then they kind of started to get away from it but it's it really is just kind of cool like it you're you really can play your shepherd whether male or female totally differently like you can you know ultimately you're completing a lot of the same objectives but you can be like a total galactic good guy or good girl hero or you can just be a, I'm going to get the job done, shut up and get out of my face kind of player. And it's really, I love it. I just love that. I just feel like still not a lot of games support that sort of uh, like rewarding or penalizing your play style. And it's just yeah, so I much have fun. seen certain options. Does this stuff dictate that? So I, I didn't know. I thought it was only if the text was like red or blue. Well, but I have seen certain things where it's like Darren blew up a factory and I, I could have been like, good i'd have done the same yeah yeah no just if you you can you will earn if you you kind of take notice if just just in the regular dialogue forget about the the red or blue specific paragon or renegade stuff like if you just say dickish things you will notice that after some conversations when the conversation ends you'll pick up like plus two renegade points or plus two paragon okay see i I didn't know that i I did see those options very organically yeah it's a very organic process and i i love it so yeah i mean i still i like destin was talking about with the quality of life improvements they definitely go a long way in this but i i can definitely see how particularly younger gamers like 20 something gamers who are coming at, at mass effect for the first time that that it might feel like they they might not have the same reverence for it that that us series veterans do because it to, to Miranda's point, it is old. Like it definitely mm-hmm. plays. And, and Mark, you pointed it out too. Like it definitely plays old in, in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm very happy with what EA and Bioware have done here. 
uh, I mean, Destin, are you like at the end of the day, are you, was this worth the wait? It's Cause we've been crying for this for years. Yeah. I think this is a really solid game. I I'm really, really happy with the changes that they made. And I'm just, I'm having a blast playing through the series again, personally. Um, whoops. I'm moving the camera a little bit. <laughs> That's how excited I am. Yeah. Um, I like it. I think it's good. I think it was worth the wait. Uh, of course, I would have liked for them to refine the gameplay in the original to be closer to three. But what we're getting here is is pretty spectacular. And yeah, I, t- I told ahead, myself Mark, over and over. Sorry, I told myself over and over. I was like, you, you, you. And I'd already seen some chatter about it online. And, and uh, you know, some IGN staff had been playing it about a week prior to, to when I booted it up for the first time. And it was a lot of just like, hey, this game is old. Mass Effect 1, there's not a whole lot of like, it still plays very, very old. And so I just I just told myself over and over, like, get in that mindset that you're about to dive in to an Xbox 360 game, like an early Xbox 360 game. Um, and I, luckily, I was able to convince myself that that was OK. And now that I'm playing, it, I think it's very easy to jump into this game and be like, oh, my gosh, this is awful. I'm I'm actually liking it more than I thought I would. So, Good. yeah, I'm glad to hear that. So do you so you do intend to see it through? At yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And then do you think are you going to continue on and, and carry over your shepherd and, and do Mass Effect 2 and then Mass Effect 3? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time making my shepherd uh and i did that care I, I did that that typical character creator thing where i i tweaked her and 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 you know cheeks and eyebrows and then looked back and i was like oh my god what have i done i've created a monster uh so i just i instantly deleted her and it was honestly like 20 minutes of tweaking and i was like oh god she's awful and so i deleted her and it just started going through the presets and i was like she looks good uh changed her hair color changed her eye color uh, my character has the uh, the bob with the the split hair, which apparently is what everybody's doing. I just learned, so that's that's good that I'm right in line there. Uh, nice and stylish. <laughs> yeah, um, but I uh, I I love her. Uh, her name is Alyssa Shepard. I changed her name as well. Um, I plan on I, I I how much carries over. Like, is it the same character? Do I choose a, a different class? I don't know how any of that works. Destin, you want to fill them in? Um, how do I phrase this without ruining anything? <laughs> you can you can uh, carry over traits of your character, yes. So your character can look the same, mm-hmm. but um, you will be able to change their appearance if you choose to do so. And I believe you can change their class also in the the other games. But your your Paragon and Renegade bars carry over as is. I Not the bars, that. but the choices will have an impact on how the right. other games play yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm actually super excited that, the I mean, the collection, it's it's so, I'm glad I'm playing it now because it's like, it's such a clean way to play it, right? It's like all three games are just right there. You boot up the game, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, you click it, one, two, and three, and it's, it, it's easily going to just switch you know my my choices from one are going to move over to two and three and it's such like a clean in my way like this has got to be i assume the best way to play the game is like the version we have now yeah i I would agree with that so also to a point about talking about how mechanics do feel old i wouldn't go back to the original editions but at the same time i guess because this is like a legendary collection i do appreciate that we still have like 
the gameplay history there of Mass Effect 1, like, even though it does feel a little clunky, it's still refreshed enough to where it feels a lot more manageable than the original. And I like being able to look back on older games and, like, obviously, when you're going back to an older game, there's just, like, you you should always acknowledge that something's going to be different or maybe something's not going to be as intuitive as um, games that are made, like, today. And I like being able to see how things have changed. And I think how each of the Mass Effect game plays is really indicative of that in a, a neat way. And even how the stories are told is really different. Um, but that all aside, Mark, I do have a question for you. Who is your favorite character so far? Because the Mass Effect 1 characters are, are good. I think they improve a lot in 2. But I, I'm really curious who you're attached to at this point. Uh, so do you mean characters that like are actually like rolling with me? Party members. Yeah, yeah. Sure, your party members or like even anyone just around because like a lot of people in the Normandy you'll see again like there's just people within this first game that will make a continuous Joker. appearance regardless of if they're um, on your party or not. Yeah, so uh, I think I think everybody, uh, you know, loves Joker. Uh, I see. I think uh, Seth Green is amazing as that character. Uh, I didn't know he was like had like. I knew of that character because, I mean, at the end of the day, like everyone's played like the first 10 minutes or so of Mass Effect. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I knew who that character was and stuff like that. But then he starts talking about his disease and I'm like, oh, no, what's wrong with him? And he's like, I got brittle bones. They're hollow and all that. I was like, I had no idea that that was like a thing. Uh, so I think he's super funny. Uh, I, I love that one of my characters said something about like, what uh what we almost died and your your pilot's joking and and so my my femship was just like yo that's how we do things here <laughs> get over it uh so i do love uh i do love him right now i have I, i'm rolling with tolly because i think she's she's pretty funny and i'm running with i what's her name liara liari mm -hmm. liara in town yeah yeah there's something there there's like there's like an innocence to both of them because Liara's she's like a hundred years old, which in as an Asari apparently means you're super young. Um, and then Tali's kind of the same way. There, there's something like they feel like me, right? Because like Shepard is this like seasoned person, but I'm not. Mark Medina is not. And so it's kind <laughs> of like I'm kind of connecting with those characters where uh, apparently I'm supposed to hate Ashley. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and kick her out of my party. Uh, apparently she is a space racist. I don't know. And then, <laughs> and then uh, that was, uh, was uh, Destin's words, not mine. <laughs> she's awful. No, she actually is though. Yeah, she's she is. Yep. she's racist. Like, she's yeah. awful. Yeah. Yeah. I tweeted about how I I, I, po I posted a picture of my squad and everyone's just like I hate Ashley and I was like, well now I love her, but apparently I, I shouldn't. Um, and then yeah, the other characters. I'm like one is like uh you know he's like a walking slug uh what he's kind of gross i don't know i don't know his name what? he was rex? like you're not talking about rex are you yeah that's who i'm talking about oh he's like a walking gross <laughs> oh, thing oh my god i don't want anything to do with him and then oh, the other I guy he's like he's like a lizard robot Garris, leave Garris yeah, he's the I, best whatever i got no interest in him he's thirsty for Garris on main that's what the kids say. Right? Bane. He's maybe, not part of the C sec. He's part maybe. of the sec C. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, so maybe someone like on this panel bought the Garrus body pillow cover. Who can say? <laughs> but you know, Destin. 
We'll never know. It's for sure, Destin. It's for sure, Destin. Um, uh, yeah, I guess. Also, yeah, point. I really like. I, I really like that one character, the 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 bad guy, or I assume Baron? he's a bad guy. No, a, a Larry. What, what was his name, Destin? The squid or the the dude with the they then not the squid the um Analyze. he's on the snow Analeas like I thought he was super funny obviously I he's like a bad guy and stuff like that but I thought I thought he was really funny to talk to <laughs> oh man says so I love I love hearing Mark I like I love hearing the perspective of somebody that's playing this the first time although I I would say Mark I mean I know there there's a line to be walked but. I like that Mass Effect 1 doesn't give you the literal breadcrumb trail that modern games do. That's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. go over here. Like, I like that it sort of forces you to wander around and remember, the, oh, yeah, the Citadel's a big place. Let's see. Let me go. OK, I'll go over here. So I know, you know, you can mm-hmm. poor design can make that a really frustrating, annoying thing. But I don't think that's the case in Mass Effect 1. I, I like that it's that there's not a lot of handholding and that you do need like it just forces you to explore. Well, there's there's something to be said about so something a lot of people were doing with The Witcher was um, they were kind of taking the Dark Souls route where they were turning off their mini maps, their mini maps, because it was making it where, you know, if a mini map has an arrow that says go here, you're just going to stare at the mini map and you're just going to go there. And so a lot of people I remember there was this whole movement where it was like, if you want to enjoy The Witcher three more, turn off your mini map and just learn the areas, learn you know, this bridge goes here and stuff like that. And so I'm kind of seeing that with this, where it's like, it, it, it's tough when he says, you know, oh, I'm in the hotel having a drink. And you're like, cool, I've never been here. I have zero idea where that is. But it gives you a chance to kind of explore and walk around. And you're like, is this the hotel? And then you see that little <laughs> exclamation mark on your uh, on your mini map. And you're like, hey, I did it. I went the right place. Um, it, the first time it tells you to go to the galaxy map and go to Gnosis or whatever, uh, whatever that first planet Novaria, is. Novaria, I think, one of them. Well, there's, yeah, a, I'm not, there's a planet Gnosis, but there is uh, Novaria. Yeah, the, one, the one where you rescue Liara. Um, oh, yeah, I haven't done that yet. Oh, okay. That, well, that's like, what, the... You know, it's right after the Citadel, and you said you were... Yeah, you, were, you, you basically just live at the Citadel. Up, yeah. Um, so I was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. And you're like, actually, you're supposed to read the quest text and it tells you where to go in there. It just doesn't like fully spell it out. And so it's like, I do definitely like that old, you know, um, World of Warcraft. I, I, I was an avid World of Warcraft player when it first came out and it was the same way. Like the, the game tells you now, oh, you need to kill boars. Here's where they are, where it used to say they're south of Westfall. And then you you go south of Westfall and that's where they are, you know? So it's it's definitely like read the quest text and it, it tells you what you're supposed to be doing versus this like checklist of things right. that you could just be like, activate. Okay, here's where you go. And you're like, cool. Uh, so I'm definitely liking it. The game doesn't like, it's not overly big, like the areas itself. So when it says go to the hotel, I'm drinking in the hotel bar. Even if you don't know exactly where that is, you'll find it eventually because that whole area is not that big. So it's been good. Excellent. Love hearing it. Uh, I guess the final note here would be that IGN's review of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition should be up shortly. Our reviews editor, Dan Stapleton, is on that. I mentioned last week that we, uh, well, we got the copies late and, well, because of the massive day one patch, there's actually since been 
Another new update, I think it was yesterday, mm -hmm. uh, pushing out some more fixes and updates to the game. But we're not quite done on the Mass Effect topic yet. Again, I warned you at the top, if you don't <laughs> care about Mass Effect, skip this episode. Uh, there is some news with regard to the Legendary Edition. Project director Mac Walters has confirmed that Mass Effect 3's multiplayer could be added to the collection in the future if demand is great enough. In an interview with CNET, Walters said that he would, quote, never say no to Mass Effect 3's multiplayer making a return after its omission in the Legendary Edition. He says, I would never say no to that. We want to see what kind of reception the Legendary Edition gets and what the demand for multiplayer is. And then we'll ask ourselves if we have the resources and time to bring it up to the quality level we and fans want. So, uh... That's interesting because in our own interview with Mac before release at the first preview beat, our senior news reporter Kat Bailey interviewed Mac and he said it obviously had a lot of challenges. Everything from what you do with crossplay, because that's kind of an expectation now, what you do with people who are still playing multiplayer now, how you honor that, how do you bring them in, how can, can we somehow bridge that gap? And of course, these aren't insurmountable challenges. Challenges. There are things that we can do to fix that problem and get multiplayer in there. But when you look at the amount of effort it was going to take to do that, it was easily commensurate, if not greater than uplifting all of Mass Effect 1. And I think our focus was on the single player experience. So a little bit of an about face here. Destin, uh, do you want to see this this multiplayer come back? And for maybe those that aren't familiar, like Mark, what was Mass Effect 3's fairly beloved multiplayer component? Yeah, so in Mass Effect 3, there was multiplayer. Basically, you and other members of your team could get together and you could go fight Cerberus or uh, various alien factions, I believe, if I remember correctly. And um, yeah, you would get readiness point, galactic, galactic readiness points that would allow you to go to the end game with a maximum score. Now, people still play this on the 360 to this day, and the fact that you can play it on your Series X now has probably further bolstered those numbers. It was really, really fun. Uh, you would level up your character. It was a pretty solid experience. I think Andromeda had a multiplayer experience similar to this also. So, Mark, maybe you got to experience it in that respect. I played, but, uh, I played like one or two games. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, people really love it, and I think it would be cool if it came back. Why not? Miranda, how about you? Is this are you are you content with the trilogy as is, or or do you want are you hungry for more on the multiplayer side? Yeah, I'm not really here for multiplayer with Mass Effect, so <laughs> um it's not something that's for me, nor do I really care about it, even if it was fun. It's just like, okay, but I'm already playing through this now. I really just want to play through the campaign. Um, but I can of course sympathize with people who would want to play with the multiplayer. And I think it's uh Mac Walters here kind of giving you the initiative to say, hey, well, if you really want it, you gotta kinda get, you know lot of anticipation or like excitement for it like do people actually really want like a lot of people want this because it sounds like it's a lot of work so yeah. i'd rather than work on new things than doing i'm with you but i i agree with you i the, the trilogy is enough for me i did enjoy the, the bit of the multiplayer i played back in the day but i, I wonder if his i mean again i'm not going to call it like i'm not saying he was doing some deceptive about face like he was lying before or anything like that but but i just i wonder if they I mean, they've obviously thought about it, which his previous quote clearly indicated that they had been thinking about it. But I wonder if they were waiting to see if the sales numbers were going to be good, like if there mm -hmm. was going to be enough uh, enough interest just in the game in general 
before they decided to to commit to it or not. And it sounds like I mean, we're sounds like we're still waiting for that. Uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, by now, you know, the game's been out for, I guess, as we record this, the better part of a week. So by now, EA definitely has some early indications on how Legendary Edition is selling and and whether or not it's meeting whatever expectations they had set internally for it. So, yeah, I wonder uh, I wonder if before too long, like I, I could I could totally see at EA Play, which is going to be, of course, EA's effective E3 press conference, if they if they decide to go ahead with multiplayer that would probably be a, the place that they would announce it and say, hey, by the way, we're going to do a, an update for Legendary Edition and bring back that multiplayer because, uh, you know, that would totally be a good fan service moment should they decide to proceed with that. Yeah, I, I, I when I played, um, I don't know, when I, when I see these trilogies like this, I always see them as like a, a chance for people to refresh or experience for the first time a more modern version of the game, right? So, like, when Uncharted Nathan Drake Collection came out, like, I, I don't know if anybody cared if, if I think Uncharted 3 had multiplayer. I don't remember if 2 did. But it was, like, I don't know if anyone cared about the multiplayer for those. Like, everybody just wanted a refresh before Uncharted 4. Uh, I can imagine this is the same way. Like, if they added multiplayer, I very doubt I would play it. I'm here to just experience Mass Effect for the first time in anticipation for Mass Effect 4. On the flip side, also, Bioware, you know, their 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 issues have been very well documentized on the internet. Um, I think that they have a really good thing here with the legendary collection. And I I personally think that they should now focus their efforts on on Dragon Age and Mass Effect 4 and not try to keep bolstering something that by the time it comes out, how many people will will go back to it? Like you're saying EA EA play is in what July, right? Because it's, yeah. it's not during E3. And so it's like in July, if they're going to put a ton of work into a multiplayer for a game that most people have moved on from, I think their resources can be. I'm, I agree with Miranda. I think they should focus on Mass Effect 4 and Dragon Age 4, not trying to. I think EA will probably feel the same. <laughs> well, we'll see what oh, we they decide we to do here. Well, yeah, we don't know how easy it would be to do that. Like they just did the mm-hmm. whole game. So maybe the pipeline's already set up and they just, because it's all AI upscaled, right? So if, if that makes it easier for them to develop this multiplayer, then perhaps it's not that big of a lift for them. And then if that's the case, then I would actually, I would disagree. I'd be like, look, if you have a, a like five people that can handle this, <laughs> why not why not add that service to gamers but it is still available in in the old version of three you can play it right now if you have uh, game pass ultimate right so yeah i think I mean, graphically I guess... it'd be fine it seems like it's like the net code is what they'd be mostly worried about like when they talk about cross play and stuff like that modernizing think... the multiplayer true game. yeah fair point there although yeah i mean to, to destin's point too it's they might decide you know that even having a a small dedicated multiplayer community would help kind of keep the goodwill on mm-hmm. mass effect going heading in when they do eventually get really spinning up with mass effect Four. so that's, you know, there is, believe me, they're always thinking about the brand as well at this point mm-hmm. and not just necessarily each individual game. So yeah, it's uh, a, there's a case to be made either way for doing the multiplayer or not. All right, Game Pass. Uh, Game Pass is, of course, amazing. It gets better all the time. Here is a list of additions to Game Pass for the month of May. 
Up now, you've got Dragon Quest Builders 2, FIFA 21, Outlast 2, Deep, Final Fantasy X, and X2 HD Remaster, Just Cause 4 Reloaded, Psychonauts, Miranda, re-experience it before uh, jumping into Psychonauts 2, Red Dead Online, that's great to see, out, and then, so those are already up. This week, SnowRunner, Peggle 2, which is one of my favorite Xbox One launch titles. Uh, which, by the way, that's Peggle 2. That's I think it's already on the console. It specifically says here Peggle 2 on the cloud. So just jump on, play Peggle 2 on uh, wherever you are, which is awesome. Uh, also in the cloud, Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville. And then on PC, Scar- a Secret Neighbor. On console and PC, The Wild at Heart, Knockout City, which I believe Knockout City is a, a day-and-date launch. Mm-hmm. And then the catch, Carp and Course Fishing. I'm actually very excited for the wild at heart. Um, that has sort of a, uh, like kind of imaginative backyard kid sort of adventure with Pikmin, but they're not Pikmin, but they're Pikmin. So yeah. <laughs> it looks very cute, um, and imaginative. So that's one that I've been actually anticipating a lot. So excited to jump into that. Uh, final fantasy X on there. Like just, I'm in the middle of mass effect, but final fantasy 10 is, one of my favorite final fantasies. So to see that mm. they have the 10, 10, two HD collection on there. Uh, that's really fun. But uh, no joke. Uh, Snow runner has a lot of people's interest peak. It yeah. looks, it's like a truck driving sim and it looks really fun. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh... Snow, people love that game. You get stuck mm. places and all that stuff. Yeah. People love those <laughs> games. I agree with the final fantasy as well. It's so crazy to see that game on game pass. Seeing as that was, you know, such a, not only does final fantasy all, have always had like this PlayStation alignment uh, since seven. Um, but Final Fantasy 10 is especially has been exclusive uh, up until recently. So the fact that it's now on Xbox and on game passes, really crazy to see, but really cool. Final Fantasy 10 is, is my favorite Final Fantasy. So people, yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably, that. is that fair to say that's maybe 80 hours worth of gaming right there between those Final Fantasy 10 and 10 too. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. If you, if you, especially if you wanted to do that thing where, where most people, when you play Final Fantasy, beating the game is just half the fun, you know, then you got to go and beat all the weapons and stuff like that. If you want to do that in Final Fantasy 10, yeah, that's easily 50, 60 hours. Final Fantasy 10 2, a bit shorter and not as beloved, but uh, I know a lot of people still love it. And so the fact that you get them both is really, really cool. And then next week, the week of May 24th, here's what's coming to Game Pass Maneater. On May 25th, uh, Conan Exiles. That's cool to see. Fusion Frenzy Woo! in the cloud. So, Miranda, you can now play that. Get your get your backbone. You can play that anywhere you want. Forever, Ryan. Yay! Mm. I, whenever I go visit my siblings, whoever doesn't have it, I can just play in the cloud. It's very and exciting. Then, um, also in the cloud, Joyride Turbo next week. And then here's the one that stands out. Actually, I guess I'll save that one for last. So Slime Rancher uh, for PC on May 27th and Solasta Clown of the uh, Clown <laughs> Crown of the Magister on May 27th for PC. Uh, and then the last one uh, is MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, which I had to stop and do a double take on that one because I was like, wait a second, MechWarrior 5 for and it's for console. I didn't realize it was out for Xbox. It came out for PC and it was pretty well regarded. I'm a big MechWarrior fan going back to MechWarrior 2 and 3 on the old school PC and then the Mech Assault games on the original Xbox. And MechWarrior 5 is the first proper MechWarrior in many, many, many years came to PC first. 
So I looked it up. I was like, did I miss this on Xbox? No, I did not miss it. It is launching day and date for console. You know, it's, it's Xbox coming day one uh, right into Game Pass for its Xbox release next week, May 27th. So uh, I am really looking forward to that personally. That's going to be the game that I fire up on the 27th. I know this is old news at this point, uh, but I haven't been on in a while. Uh, yeah. So I just want to say that I finally got my xCloud invite to be able to do it on like iPhone and stuff like that. Uh, I had had a backbone already. Uh, I'd got one about a month before and I was like, all right, let's check this X cloud out. Right. So I put, put my phone in my backbone and I, I booted up. I was like, you know what? I want to, one of the prettiest games. We're going to do Forza horizon four. I booted up and uh, I played it for two and a half hours straight. Like wow. on, on my couch, just with my backbone on X cloud play for one Forza Horizon 4 is an amazing game. I don't know if it's ever been spoken about on this podcast <laughs> or you're the first one, but uh, a great game. But also, like, all of my all of my consoles and stuff like that are here in this is, like, my office, right? And so, like, at the end of the day, sometimes you want to chill in the living room where none of my video games are. Uh, and so, yeah, just sitting on the couch, backbone, Forza Horizon 4, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's time for bed. What a great <laughs> game. And it worked really good. Obviously, there's your normal cloud. Like, hey, you make a turn too fast, and all of a sudden it gets a little blurry and a little hitchy. But for the most part, I, I thought it worked really well, uh, and the backbone's really good. <laughs> yes. Yes, Destin. It's really good, as yeah, you know. I'm I also, I also have one of those, like, uh, controller things as well. Uh, but the one I bought, I don't super love. It, it hooks to the, the DualShock 4. Uh, it, but when you put your phone on it, it makes your phone super like it, it, it's not balanced correctly. So uh -oh. it, it's like you're fighting the entire time for it to not fall backwards. Yeah. Uh, the, I have the uh, the fixture gaming, the, the switch fix thing from a Nintendo switch. And it does the thing where you hold the controller and the screen goes like in front of it and it balances it. It makes it much better. But the phone thing, I couldn't get it. Uh, I couldn't get it. But the, the backbone's great. Excellent. Wait, are we trolling Dustin with the back? Oh, yeah, because he doesn't have one. Constantly, we just oh, like okay. to just just poke so him every good. now and again. <laughs> That's how we what do. A great I, got my, unit. I got I got my four dollar uh, clip. I'm fine. <laughs> I feel bad for people that don't have one. Uh, all right, let me go to the loot box next. We've got loot box and then unlock block trivia. Our loot box question: I mentioned at the top of the show, you can be featured. You can be on unlocked. We'd love to have you. Just tweet your question, record it on video, post it to Twitter, and tag me. I'm at DMC underscore Ryan. As Gage did this week, go ahead, Gage. What's up, Unlock Crew? My name is Gage. I'm out here in Humboldt County, California. Had a quick question for you for the loot box. Um, this week, Xbox head of gaming services, Ben Decker, had a quote uh, saying, we have 23 studios across Xbox and Bethesda working on Halo, Forza, Fallout, and a new IP that we haven't even talked about yet that is going to blow your mind. He continues, we can deliver all of that onto Game Pass on day one. End quote. Um, so... While we're all probably wondering what that new IP is that's going to, quote, blow our mind, um, I'm actually kind of interested that he name-dropped Fallout. Do you think he's just referencing to maybe further 76 expansions? Or do you think he could be talking about potentially another studio taking on Fallout um, outside of main Bethesda 
uh, Todd Howard's studio, as we've seen with Obsidian taking on New Vegas in the past. Um, I just wanted to know what you guys thought about that, and then of course we can speculate on what that mind-blowing new IP is as well. I'm sure we'll find out some more at E3, and I'm pretty excited. Thanks for all you guys do. See you later. Well, uh, Gage, thank you very much. I was very glad that Mark Medina was here for the Mass Effect discussion as a, <laughs> as a Mass Effect told you knew, but I'm also really glad he's here for this because when I, when I listened to uh, Gage's question, it's a perfect segue into what is another, this is like a bonus news topic as well, as if you've made it this far in the show. I know all of you guys saw this. Uh, so there was a tweet from the official Xbox account, just the at Xbox account, and let me try and set a little context here. So it's Xbox tweets, you know, just a fun social thing, right? There's a, you just beat a game. What next? Us. And then it's there. It's a little graphic that says, what kind of game should I play next? And it's just it's just speed scrolling through all kinds of genres and keywords and terms. And replying to that tweet is in exile entertainment, first party role playing game studio of Microsoft who we know is working on not one, but two new Unreal Engine 5 role-playing games. And Inexile says, hold new plus FPS plus RPG, meaning from that scrolling carousel of -hmm. those uh, speed scrolling keywords from the Xbox tweet. So, you know, not an accidental tweet here. This is, you know, this is some social media shenanigans. This This is what social media managers are paid to do. And they are seemingly dropping quite the hint about one of Inexile's next games, that it will be a new first-person shooter RPG combo. And hear me out, Mark. I want to say, it. <laughs> I want to throw a theory out, and I'm probably wrong, but just just humor me for a second. Could it? Is it possible? Is there a world in which? This could be Fallout 5. And the reason I say that is for three reasons. One, Bethesda themselves, Bethesda Game Studios, Todd Howard's team, who has been responsible for the mainline Fallouts that you love, they're busy for a while. They've got Starfield that they're still working on now, and then we already know they're going to Elder Scrolls 6 after that. So there's no way they're getting to Fallout 5 unless they expand their team, which to my knowledge, they are still one major Bethesda Game Studios team, not more than one. Two, okay, Obsidian, who, by the way, has made a Fallout game. Well, they're busy with Avowed and also Grounded, and then they have a, the third, a third team. But Inexile has, uh, they're, again, they were started, founded many years ago, and still there is Brian Fargo, who was one of the co-creators of the original Fallout games. So mm-hmm. now they're all in the Microsoft family. Is there a world in which, now that they're all together under the Xbox umbrella, that Brian and Todd Howard and Phil Spencer get together and Matt Booty and say, you know what, you know, if would maybe we, you know, maybe we should do Fallout with with Brian's team. Like, not saying take it away from Bethesda, but rather than wait like literally ten years for Fallout Five, could could this tweet be hinting at something like that, Mark? Yeah, well, so a couple things. Uh, for one, I, th- I think you have an excellent panel here because I, I, I think all all four of us are huge Fallout fans. Um, I, I know Miranda and Destin are. Um, also, in Exile, uh, they they work on the Wasteland games, so those are like old school Fallout games. So totally like 
would make sense. Uh, yeah, as far as Bethesda Game Studios, I, I think I think uh, expecting another Fallout from them uh, is something, it, like you said, is going to be very far off. I firmly believe that Starfield is going to get it going to get announced at E3 and and with a fall release date. Um, I but then that puts Elder Scrolls six at 2024 or so, oh, uh, which would probably put, yeah, maybe even later than that or or, or later, yeah. which puts Fallout five. Uh, Mark Medina will have died of old age by then, uh, by the time that game comes out. Um, as everyone knows, I'm famously 81 years old. Oh, uh, you look so, great. <laughs> I know. Are you Benjamin Button? <laughs> aging in reverse. <laughs> uh, don't have much time left. Um, I don't think it's going to be Fallout 5, uh, nor do I want it to be, because uh, honestly, I, I don't even know what that... Numbered Fallouts don't really mean anything. Every Fallout is different, right? So you got 3 and 4. They're both standalone stories built around this core idea, but so is New Vegas. New Vegas could have easily been Fallout 4. It's just a Fallout game that's built around. The only difference New Vegas has is that it um it doesn't start in a vault. Um so I I I don't believe it'll be Fallout 5, and I also don't care if it's Fallout 5. I do want it to be another Fallout because I don't want to wait for Bethesda to make another Fallout. I want someone to make Fallout. And New Vegas is my favorite Fallout. So it's not even like a purist thing where I'm like, I want a new Fallout and I want it to be from BGS. I would actually prefer it come from somebody else. <laughs> as much as I love Bethesda Game Studios and Todd Howard's team, uh, I'm 100% fine with NXile taking on the next Fallout. That'd be super cool. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it is. What do you think, Miranda? Am I just like the, am I the... It's always sunny in Philadelphia meme, just with all the like strings and papers on the walls here. Um, I mean, I like the strings and papers. It's always fun putting these things together, but I agree. Well, I guess it's not, it's hard to agree for anything, but I don't think this would be a Fallout 5. I kind of agree with Mark and that it could be something different. Um, I think Bethesda would want to keep the numbered Fallouts with Bethesda yeah, and maybe NXL could be working on a standalone thing, but just as what Mark said, like it, the, the big difference really is that it's a different place. It starts a little bit differently, but it's still a fallout game. And that's what I would want. I'm not necessarily like itching for a new fallout game. And honestly, I'd rather Bethesda have a lot of time, even if it's 10 years. Okay. But maybe not 10 years. That's a long time. <laughs> but, um, if it had to be 10 years. Okay. So be it. Um, but I would really like to see them keep improving what they have in Fallout because I think from three to four, like we got so many cool mechanics. And I know not necessarily everyone loved building their own house and stuff, but I I enjoyed the heck out of that stuff. But I just don't want my plates to fall through my tables anymore. Like I'd really like to see that. <laughs> so um, I, if, when they do do another Fallout, I would like to see it be another big step. It's like add some sort of different mechanic or something that's integral. Like setting up a community was so cool. And I want something like that that expands with the next Fallout. And I think I would rather see that done by Bethesda Game Studios. So if we are getting something from, say, NXL, I would like to, them to have their own spin, whether that's just like really story driven, um, as of course Fallouts all have stories. But I think that if it was like a super focus on the story, that's fine with me too. But I just want it to be a good quality game that really helps um, 
I guess like aspects of that studio shine within that version of Fallout. So that's what I would look for. I could see it maybe happening. Like, why not? I guess. Destin, I mean, if you're if you're I mean, Microsoft probably would certainly be thrilled to if if one of the other internal studios wants to make a sequel to one of the you know biggest franchises that they now own. But uh, you think you think maybe or, or probably more likely something new from a from a, uh, in exile? Well, first of all, shout out to the, the viewer for catching this, because so many people latched on to Ben Decker saying, blow your mind about the new IP. Right. But um he also meant there was also the mention of Fallout in that quote, and that perked my ears up when I read it. I was like, oh, OK, well, now we know that's happening. Uh, will it be in exile? In exile, using the word new to me means they're developing something new and not creating a established franchise. Could they develop Fallout? I think that would be really, really cool. And just like when Obsidian did Fallout uh, New Vegas, I, I think that is within the realm of possibility, of course. But for me, I would love to see what NXI would like to do with a new IP as opposed to an existing one. Yeah, good call. We'll see. I mean, again, I'm just I'm just being a conspiracy theory guy. Well, not even that, just like wishful thinking guy, maybe. But of course. yeah, it's Microsoft seems to be pretty focused on new IPs all around, which is which is great. Like we're getting new games, new ideas, but it's like it's possible it could happen. So I wanted to just throw it out there. All right. Can I, uh, can I just real quick say please. that I am so flipping excited for E3 because it's like, you know, we didn't get an E3 last year. And, uh, you know, with PlayStation not doing E3, you know, they'll do something around that time. But with them not doing E3, you know that Xbox and Bethesda are, are they have to blow the lid off of two things. For one, the Xbox Series X is amazing. They, uh, you know, you could see the improvements that the Series X has over PS5 just, you know, hardware wise from Mass Effect alone. This chart and it's like the only 120 FPS version is on Series X, right? They have a very powerful console. Of course, that doesn't include PC. Let's calm down. Uh, they have a very powerful console. Quick resume is even better than it used to be. They like they just improved that. They have xCloud now, which is starting to roll out for everybody. And then Game Pass. Like they have an amazing system here. And last year was so focused on selling Series X. And it's like Series X is sold out, right? <laughs> Every time it goes up for sale, people are buying it. They're buying both. Xbox really has a chance here to be like, okay, you have the console. Now here are the games. And I really think that now that the Bethesda deal is signed and the ink is dry, I think they, they are gonna, I think they're going to blow it out of the park because that is what they need at this point is they need to be able to say Starfields exclusive fallouts. Exclusive. They need to start showing all the games they have now that they have these billion studios. I'm with you. Yeah. And I, I'm seeing your Starfield hype tweets. Mark Medina getting excited for that Starfield. We, also, uh, uh, Destin Legary with it. With the picture in his background. <laughs> what? Please, what are you talking about? Really quickly, if you can, because it's really Red, funny. switch to which, switch. There it is. What? There it is. What? <laughs> Where is it? That's so weird. Uh, for, for our listeners it's out there. just a joke, if you're wondering. Yeah, right, right yeah. next to Destin's wedding photo is a framed photo of Starfield's logo. <laughs> which is, which is for the record, hilariously, the only thing of Starfield we've even seen, unless you can't logo, like, leaked yeah. images, is like the ship by the planet and then the logo. 
<laughs> and yeah, we're like the hype is getting real. And, and you, you know, you know, when you know, you know, right? Like when Fallout Four was going to get announced, it was like, is Fallout going to come out this year? And then it didn't. And it's like, but the, you, when you know, you know. And I'm starting to get this feeling with Starfield, where it's like, it's time. They're about to show the game, and I feel like we're going to play it this year. It's the, it's a gut feeling that I'd be super shocked if we go through E3 and they just don't show it at all. I'm no way. I, I absolutely think it's going to get revealed and shown. It's just a matter of is the release date this fall or sometime next year, and that that I'm a little less certain about. But yeah, we shall see. Very their track E3's- record would their track record would prove that it comes out this year, but their track record isn't usually based off a major acquisition and COVID. So we'll see. Yeah, very true. So E3 is less than a month away. We'll find out very, very soon. All right, speed round for trivia because we're running a little over on time. Uh, This question comes from Victor, whose gamer tag is Identical Dad. Uh, And he asks, which which one of these four games has David Hayter as a voice actor? David Hayter, well known. Uh, was David in The Division 2? Was he in Cyberpunk 2077? Was he in Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain? Or was he in Dragon Age Inquisition? So I'm going to go to Mark last because I think he's played like all of these games more than any of us have. Uh, what, but I'm gonna go... No, no, not at all. Uh, I've <laughs> never even played Metal Gear Solid. I But I do know that it's not that one. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> All right, well then, fine, Mark. You, if you you sound so confident, Mister, I'm gonna confidently oli- uh, omit certain answers. What do you think it is? I'm not confident at all. I, I'm confident that I know that it's not Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> That's the only thing I'm confident in. Uh, shoot, let's see. Um, I I would say the 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 best bet. I feel like it would be more publicized if he was in Cyberpunk. Uh, and what was the other one? Division uh, two, division two. And what was the, what was and, the other uh, one? dragon age inquisition? No, I just played dragon age inquisition and, and nobody said anything about David Hayter being in there. Uh, I'm going to go with division two. That seems okay. like the, the safest bet. Destin. Yeah. Uh, I was torn between division two and dragon age inquisition. I wasn't sure what's the pick. Um, I feel like it's going to be cyberpunk because there's so many voice actors cast in there. But um, I'll go Division 2. Hey. Sticking, you're going with Mark on this one. All right. Miranda, yeah. do you want to break with the crew here or, uh, or, st- or sink or swim with them? We're, we're going to sink or swim together. Oh. So I'm going with the Division because that was also my thing. I, it's like, I know it's not C. I, I don't think it's going to be Cyberpunk. And I don't, I, don't, I don't think it would be Dragon Age. It could be. Who could say? Not me, but I'm going to guess the division. So <laughs> it's not Metal Gear Five. No, it's not. It's not we know that. that was certainly the that was just meant to catch you, but it didn't catch any of you. So good job on that. But uh, he was famously, of course, recast. He was not. Uh, he did not voice Snake in Metal Gear mm-hmm. Five. I was. Uh, I was hoping you would get this mark because it was Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, oh that's the answer. <laughs> okay. Nobody gets it. Who did he voice? Who did he voice? Yeah. I don't know. We'd have to look that up on IMDb, I guess. But All right. um, we're we're gonna we're gonna take Victor at his word. Good job, Victor. If you want to make a friend on Xbox, Victor again is identical dad, Brand. all one word, on Xbox Live. So uh, send in your Xbox trivia questions so that we can try and stump the panel again next week. The email address is unlocked at ign.com. Include your question. Include four multiple choice answers. 
and tag the correct answer in your email. And that will do it for Unlocked 495. Uh, Mark Medina, mm -hmm. where can people find you now that we remind our audience how great you are and how much they miss you? <laughs> Uh, for one, it was a character named Ren. I don't know there who that is. Lieutenant uh, Ren, who was in a DLC? Was he also in the main game? I don't know. Sorry I know to interrupt. that the I Iron thinking. Bull is, or whatever his name is, is Freddie Prince Jr., and mm -hmm. that's the only person I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Mark underscore Medina. If you want, just to, you know, thematically with this episode... Uh, we had devs react to speedruns, the show I work on at IGN. We had one for the original Mass Effect, and it had four great Bioware people on it. So if you're looking for something to watch and you just finished Mass Effect 1, uh, it is a speedrun to the original Mass Effect, of course. Um, but yeah, it's about an hour long, and it's got four really great Bioware people on it. And the entire time, they like rib on each other. And then they also talk about things that they've changed and stuff like that since, you know, obviously we know those changes now, but like, uh, it's a really fun episode. So uh, I would say give that a watch. So Speedrunner made it through a 30, 40 hour Mass Effect 1 in one hour. Yeah. That is impressive. My goodness. Yeah, super fast. Uh, Destin, how about you? What do you got? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Destin Legary, and uh, you can check out my personal YouTube, youtube.com slash Destin channel if you'd like to. I'm exhausted. So I'm going to go pass out miranda <laughs> yeah yeah and then you can find me at havoc gross and that's havoc with a k on all the social media platforms and on twitch right now i'm playing through batman arkham city and i'm loving it and so i'm playing that tonight i'm very excited to get back to batman um but as far as ign things go please 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 check out our mass effect guides we have a nice one for the legendary edition if you just want to hop in and kind of have a hub to look at everything we have all the important choices we have a beginner's guide we have um romance guides the stuff there if you happen to need help or just want to know what happens if you say yes or no to a certain thing or you decide to send on a certain mission or not you know there's there's a lot of options there so definitely check that out if you want to make sure you're doing all the right things or if you just want to you know wing it more power to you uh, but then other than that that's that's the big thing for me right now sounds great and as for me i'm on twitter at dmc underscore ryan i'm the guy that you should tag on your loot box video question submissions uh, the other thing, I guess, there's IGN Unfiltered. There's a, it's, I've got, my latest guest is Jason Schreier of Bloomberg talking, you know, he's the game industry's, uh, I guess, if you're a developer, maybe notorious investigative <laughs> reporter. We talk all about his new book that he's got out uh, about sort of the game industry and how unsustainable life within it can be. So I thought that was a really good conversation. If you're interested in that, check that out on IGN Unfiltered, either on uh, youtube.com slash IGN games or on your favorite podcast service as well. So for super producer red, along with Miranda, Destin and Mark, I'm Ryan. This was unlocked 495. We will see you all again next week. We are the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. I'm Yen, a reader, writer, liver, and breather of comic books. And I'm Nat, and I know absolutely nothing about comics. Which makes both of us authorities in our respective fields. Exactly. Hey, wait. On Comic Sans, I make Nat read some of my favorite comics, including Sandman, Saga, and Lore Olympus. And Yen tells me what makes that comic special. 
Then I hear what Nat thinks and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. Listen to Comic Sans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can already binge our first season and we just released a special bonus episode on Across the Spider-Verse. Hey, Nat, before we go, I'll give you 50 bucks if you can tell me what Comic-Con is. Is it related to Chili Con Carn? Do you mean Chili Con Carne? Maybe we should be Chili Sans. Mm-hmm.